He is the president of basketball operations for your Orlando Magic. Jeff Weltman joins me here on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez as the boss man has come out of his trade deadline cave. How you doing today, Jeff? <laughs> I'm doing great. My wife, my wife would agree with you exactly to those words. Yeah, time to get reacquainted with the family, no doubt. All right, boss. Um, I, I I know it's been a busy time for you prior to yesterday's trade deadline. Before we talk about the deadline talk, before we talk about James Ennis, give me your thoughts about the way your Magic team is playing right now. The loss to the Knicks last night, that really stung. I think it's, what, nine losses in 11 games, something like that. What, what are you seeing from this Magic team right now, Jeff? Yeah, we're, we're not playing well. I mean, we're struggling right now. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> there's, no, there's no two ways to, to, to look at that. Yeah. Um, I feel that, you know, you know, look, man, we, we're, 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 we're a tired team right now. I think that the all-star break is something that we need to uh, kind of, you know, regroup and, and get back together. Um, you know, that being said, you know, this, this league is all about teams being able to find that rhythm and clicking and to where they help each other and put each other in a position to win. And, uh, you know, Scott, last year was about this time that we that we kind of like turned that corner. Mm-hmm. And um, I look at last season and I look at this season, you know, we're a game ahead of where we were last year. We have the, I want to say, like the third or fourth easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. Um, in a lot of the uh, metric indexes that, that factor in uh, strength of schedule and, and, you know, number of days and games and, and yada yada, um, all the offensive and defensive efficiencies, um, that, you know, we're, we're still uh, even ahead of some of the people that were behind in the standing. So those are like uh, predictors of how the season's going to go. Now, I'm skeptical of those things. I don't always buy that. And the fact is, for us to make those things into a reality, we need to play better than the way we've been playing. And I do believe we have enough to do that with. I believe in our guys. I believe in our coaches. You know, Scott, what we have to do is do what we do well and just and, and, and not be inconsistent with that. You know, we're, we're a team that doesn't beat itself typically. You know, we, we don't turn the ball over. Uh, we get back in defensive transition. We rebound. We don't foul. We're a team that, that, that makes you beat us. And recently we haven't done that. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a sign maybe not of as much mental but physical. Uh, I'm sorry, as, no, as much physical as much as mental fatigue. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, we just got to get better at that. There, we we got to get tougher. We got to get more focused. And, um, you know, I know that, that our coaches, you know, spend a lot of time uh, game planning how we, how we go about that. Yeah, 38 turnovers in the last two games, uh, not characteristic of a Steve Clifford coach basketball team. I think we all know that it, it, it probably shouldn't have come down to the final possession last night of New York, Jeff, but on that final possession for the Magic, we're down two. Coach Clifford is over there on the sideline, obviously calling timeout at a half court. The referees do not see him. Is there any recourse, Jeff? Is, is there any recourse as a ball club can we get those referees fined? Can we get can we can, can we get them suspended? Can we get them thrown out of the league? I mean, is there any recourse on the part of the ball club with with the referees not seeing the coach signaling timeout? I think Scott, I think you might be trying to get me fined <laughs> by asking me that question. 
<laughs> I got you. I, you want to gloss over that and move on? I totally understand. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. All right. So um, you make the deal for the veteran swingman yesterday, James Ennis. You get, uh, you basically give up the Lakers' second-round pick uh, for this year for Ennis. Why go out and sign a James Ennis at the deadline yesterday? What does he bring to the table here, Jeff? Yeah, look, I think James Ennis is a, is a great get for us. Um, he's, a, he's a tough, active, experienced player. I think he played 21 minutes a game in the playoffs last year for Philly, who was uh, that one Kawhi Leonard four-bounce shot uh, away from, you know, getting to the conference finals and who knows from there. Um, he guards. He's tough. He's a three-point shooter. He's experienced. I just think that, you know, when you can acquire a guy like that uh, as you're trying to win on the margins and especially a team that's, you know, roster has been depleted throughout the course of the season by injury, that, um, you know, why wouldn't you acquire a guy like that? I think he's going to help. I think that was a good get for us. And, you know, I, I, I drove home happy yesterday. Yeah, um, and, and didn't give up a whole lot to get a veteran guy. And, and um, he, he comes at a, a relatively inexpensive rate as well. But there are some salty Magic fans out there, Jeff, who wanted to see you pull off another miracle Markel deal like you did at the deadline last year. And my point during the show today is those deals are hard to come by. But did you can you tell us, did you attempt to make more moves, a bigger move, if you will, by the deadline yesterday? You know, Scott, um, let me first just say, you know, we we had two second round picks. The the the, the one that we traded is the Laker pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's going to be in the fifties. Um, you have to look at these things through percentages, and the percentages of that turning into a player are very slim. Um, furthermore, you know we have our own first round and our own second round, and um, our last year's pick, who you know we figured to be part of our future, mm-hmm. um, Chumo Kiki. So, so you know, we, we, we look at all that, and then to come away with a player of, of James Venice's quality, who's been a rotation player on, on very good teams, I think is uh, will, will help boost our roster. So that being said, look, man, we talk to everybody, Scott. You know, we <laughs> yeah. talk to everybody. Yeah. And, and for sure, we, we're, we're very aggressive in um, searching out ways to improve our roster. And I can tell you that, yeah, we, we had some conversations that were – you know, uh, you know, like bigger, bigger than, than second round pick conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things have to fit both sides. And, and, and ultimately, you know, we always say like 99% of these talks and, and, and you can go pretty far down the road and they don't bear fruit. And I can't tell you how serious they were, how much weight they actually had, because the thing about, <laughs> about the trade deadline is, once that hand is folded, the other team isn't going to show you their cards. They're mm-hmm. not going to say, oh, we almost did this. It might have just been talk or it might have been like they were really serious about it. But I know that we had some uh, talks with teams that, that, that got past, you know, first, second round conversations. And that's just the way this thing works. You know, that's just the way this thing works. So we're always going to be on the lookout to uh, improve the team. The one place we didn't want to go is to say, we're, we're without, as John, John is fond of saying these days, John Hammond is fond of saying, we're, we're down a position right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're out like Isaac and Aminu. Mm-hmm. So, um, so basically, for us to address that need would cost us future assets. But it's funny, you know, we don't get in the mindset of we're an injured team. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't make excuses for ourselves. 
But it's funny, when you go through the draft, the trade deadline, and you put all these scenarios up on the board, every time you're writing on the board, you're like, next year's team, Isaac, you know, Aminu, you know, potentially Okiki, you know. So, so um, how much do you want to devote to a position of need today when you know you've got that filled tomorrow? Right. And that, that's largely, um, I would say, one of the conundrums that we were facing at this deadline. So, you know, that being said, like, you know, we, like I said, we, 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 we did the dance. We had some serious conversations with a few teams. And at the end of the day, we, we felt some deals that were there weren't, weren't really right for us. Uh, not sure if other ones would have been there or not. And then, uh, as I said, drove home very happy with the one that we were able to pull off. Jeff Weltman, president of basketball operations for the Orlando Magic here on ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. So some Magic fans want to know about Evan Fournier, Jeff. He's got that opt-out after this year. A lot of folks believe that he is indeed going to opt-out, meaning you either, you either re-sign him for a good chunk of change or, or you let him go with nothing coming back. What what, what are your, your thoughts right now uh, about Evan's future in Orlando, Jeff? Well, you know, that, that, that's something that we'll continue to evaluate throughout the season. Um, obviously, free agency, especially unrestricted free agency, and it's Evan's choice to make himself an unrestricted free agent if he chooses to do that. Um, it's a two-way street. You know, there has to be a, mm-hmm. um, a, a meeting of the minds between the players and the, and the team. And, and uh, I, I would say that right now that's not something that we're really – to uh, honed in on right now, we want to make the playoffs. You know, we're in a dogfight to make the playoffs. I think that would be an important hit for our organization after not having made it for many, many years. And um, to say that we've made it twice in a row is really what we're focused on right now. So I probably wouldn't get too deep into uh, Evan discussions right now. Uh, he's got an excellent agent. He's a great guy. He's been a good player for our organization. Um, you know, we have to weigh all of that into. Um, you know, the, the outlook of our team going forward and, and you know, what those dollars look like and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, I, I want to ask you more about uh, the playoffs coming up, but I, I also want to ask you about Aaron Gordon. I know we have a few minutes left here. <laughs> He's played well lately. His shooting numbers are kind of creeping up there, but there are folks out there saying, well, you know, uh, and I've read this a couple of times where Jonathan Isaac and Aaron together, it's redundant on the court and Aaron may have to be traded in the offseason. How do you respond to that? Is the front court redundant with Jonathan Isaac on the basketball floor, Jeff? That would probably be a question better asked to the coach. You mm-hmm. know, um, I think that we've had success with both of those guys on the floor. They're both extremely talented. They're extremely hardworking. They're team-first guys. Um, and, you know, part of this comes from growing up and learning to play with one another and just learning – and just developing their own games individually. So, um, you know, that's something that we, we always continue to monitor and tweak. And it's not just those two. It's, it's any combination of our players. How does it all fit together? You know, uh, obviously that's a higher profile one. But, you know, the fact is we're not able to assess that very closely right now because Jonathan's gone for the year. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something that we'll always, you know, keep an eye on. And like I said, that's not just – AG and Jonathan, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's, that's what this game is all about. It's finding the right fit. So, you know, those guys have had success together. They like each other. Um, you know, they complement each other in a lot of ways. So, you know, we'll, we'll continue to evaluate that. Yeah, is that a definite, Jeff, that uh, Jonathan Isaac will be gone for the mm-hmm. rest of the season pretty much? Uh, yeah, I, I never want to say, you know, yeah. a thousand percent. But um, yeah. I, think, I think, you know, we're not 
expecting him back, put it that way. And if, mm-hmm. if we're pleasantly surprised, so be it. But the fact of the matter is, Jonathan, um, you know, the, the longer you're out, you know, you're going to get deconditioned. And we don't ever want to mm-hmm. rush our guys back or put them in a position to get re-injured. God forbid. So, so um, you know, we're taking a very cautious approach, as we always do. Yeah. Uh, how important, Jeff, is obviously making the playoffs, as you just said, very, very important. But how do you balance that? You know, as the president of basketball operations, how do you balance really wanting to get to the playoffs and the long-term sustainability and success on down the road? It, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a balancing act, isn't it, Jeff? Uh, I mean, in one respect it is, and in another respect it's it's like how do you teach guys to win? you got to win, mm. you know? And so, um, look, it, it, here's the thing about this stuff, Scotty, and I know, like, these conversations take place a lot. Um, you know, if you, if you want to uh, talk about not trying to make the playoffs, then, then the question becomes, like, do you just want to go into a full-on five-year plus who knows tanking mode, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and you have no idea like how that's going to look, you know, are you going to get lucky that you're going to get that draft pick that year? Um, you know, there've been a lot of teams that have kind of like <laughs> by on purpose or not have gone through that process and not really come out favorably on the other end. So, you know, what we're trying to do is hard right now. We're trying to um, acquire young talented players of high character and play them and develop them and make the playoffs. And it's mm-hmm. not easy, you know, like, we're, 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 we're sitting here, you know, as we, as we sit here today in the playoffs and, you know, we're playing, you know, you know, Markel's 21 and Moe's 21 and, and, you know, before Jonathan got hurt, 22 and, and, you know, AG 24. I mean, like we're playing a lot of young guys and we're saying like, we want to be in the playoffs. So I think that, you know, what we're doing is trying to kind of like find, I guess if you could say that balance, but we, what I don't think we're ever going to do is, 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 is intentionally lose. And I think if you do that, um, I'm not going to get into the philosophical issues of like, is that good for the team's mentality and the psyche and how do you teach guys to win? I'm just saying from us, from an actual standpoint of playing the odds, playing the percentages, looking at team building, so many things have to break your way for that to pay dividends. Mm. You know, yep. you have to, you have to, you know, even if you're the worst team in the league, you still might pick fourth. You know, and, you know, is that a draft that's even worth doing it for? And then, you know, let's say I I can look at examples of teams where if they would have gotten this guy in year one and he would have stayed healthy, they would never have gotten the second guy in year two because they would have been, you know, a 35 win team. And that's where they would be forever. So, you know, it's not a it's not a black and white answer. It's a short question with a long answer. But what we're trying to do is both. (laughs) We're trying to acquire young, talented players grow them up the right way while we win and pursue the playoffs. Mm. And, and, and I always say this too, Scott, you don't go from bad to great. You know, mm-hmm. you've got you've to you've get to average. You've got to get to good. You've got to get to very good. And you've got to be able to sustain each one of those stations along the way. That's not easy. Mm. So um, that's, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it seems like uh, going from good to great is, is the tougher part, right? It seems, it seems like it's twice as, as hard going from good to great as opposed to maybe, you know, bad, decent to good. Right, Jeff? Um, I, I, sometimes yeah. I don't consider us good right now. I mean, like we've got to get better, you know, and, and, uh, you know, generally the teams that make these quantum leaps are, you know, teams that acquire, you know, like 
you know, top 10 players through free agency or happen to get the right ping pong ball bounce one year and get a transformational player that comes along once every 10 years. You know, other than that, it's, it's just, it's just systematically improving your lot, developing your players, um, you know, trying to, uh, uh, um, you know, draft the right guy, trying to manage your books the right way. So you keep yourself flexible and, um, you know, I know in Toronto, you know, our goal was just to be good and hover around good mm-hmm. and hope that trade came along. And, you know, and, you know, after I left, it did. And, 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 you know, it's not easy to hover at good. It's yeah. not easy to do that. You yeah. know, it's a very competitive league. Teams are climbing over you all the time. And so I think the trick of it is, is that, you know, you've got to have young guys that you believe in, you know? Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do. Well, Jeff Weltman, I appreciate your time, a man. Hopefully we can turn this thing around here shortly before the All-Star break hits and uh, look forward to to seeing you soon. Of course, James Ennis in a magic uniform. Jeff, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Take care.